0: I played sports my whole life, and, and I was a pitcher uh, through college, and uh, every time I would have a game, I had my uniform on and everything, and before I left the house, I would put on Rosalita. That was like my, you know, my uh, motivational jumpstart song before yeah. I left the house. And-
1: september of 2015 one of my first episodes was me talking to nick ferrara better known as the philly elvis this is still one of my favorite interviews and i thought with the elvis movie getting so much press it would be a good time to go back and talk about when bruce sang with the king
2: hope you enjoyed the episode Hello,
1: everyone, and welcome to another episode of Set Lusting Bruce, the podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am Jesse Jackson, and I am thrilled to have a somewhat famous Bruce Bud on the show today. Bruce Bud, introduce yourself.
0: Jesse, hey, everybody. Uh my name is Nick Ferraro and I guess uh most Bruce Buds know me as the Philly Elvis.
1: Yes indeed it was uh it, what's funny <laughs> is I was we were sitting on the porch yesterday it's unseasonably cool here in Dallas it's only in the 80s and my wife and I were enjoying a Friday afternoon and I said oh and I'm I'm interviewing the Philly Elvis on the podcast. She goes, huh? I said, you know, on, from the film, the one – and she goes, oh, yeah, wow, that's pretty a big deal. And I go, yes, it is. I'm excited. <laughs> we're going to get this right off the front. Nick and I have a – we've de- decided that the magic and music of Bruce allows us a Philly fan and a Cowboy fan to coexist. Though uh, as we're recording this, the next week they play, so uh, it will be all, all – holds barred then but uh for now we're just talking so Nick why don't you start out tell us a little bit about your Bruce background uh and a little bit about yourself and then how you found Bruce and how and then also I want to hear uh how you got your love of the king
0: yeah sure uh, first with Bruce um it was freshman year high school okay 19, 1975 Okay. Very first day, um, you know, we go to, we had, I had seven classes that I went to that day and it seemed that every time I went to a different class, I kept seeing the same guy in my class Mm -hmm. and, uh, we would always sort of sit next to each other every class. And then we had lunch together was one of our classes. So we sat with each other at lunch and we introduced ourselves and, uh, Turns out that he was a huge Springsteen fan it was back in 75. Okay. The freshman in high school. And his brother, uh, who was two years older than us, um, his brother was the same age as my brother. Okay. And um, they just, um, he's the one that really introduced me to Bruce. And immediately I went out um, after listening to um, some of Bruce's music. When I went to his house, he had. Uh, he had at that time, um, all of his albums, which was, uh, the first three albums born to run had just came out. Yeah. And, um, I went, immediately went out and bought it. And, um, I was hooked man from that moment on. And, uh, this, this person, uh, his name is Albert. I call him Bert, uh, still, um, my my best friend today. He actually married into the family. I introduced him to my cousin.
1: Oh how funny. And, uh
0: yeah. And we're actually getting together tonight. Uh we're gonna be hanging out. So uh uh yeah that's how I got uh introduced and, and um you know it's been it's been such a tremendous, tremendous journey man with uh, with Springsteen, you know, and looking back of all the great times of Bert and I and other friends, you know, back then when you went to a concert, you know you basically had to stay overnight, and somebody organized a sheet, and you would give him your name and and uh, number, and then you you had to wait in line and stay overnight, and then the next morning when the ticket ticket box office opened, you would get your tickets, and that's how we got tickets back in the day. Uh, you know,
1: basically- that's amazing. So uh, we're about the same age. Uh, I would have been a freshman. In high school in 72. I graduated in 77. And I remember being at a barber shop and um, seeing, waiting to get my hair cut. And saw either Time or Newsweek him on the cover. And I did not know anything about him. And I was a child of Top 40 Radio. You know, my family were all into Johnny Cash and old haggard and you know all these country artists and I didn't have an older friend or a friend that was into this so um you know I didn't really discover Bruce until 1980 when a friend of my wife's you know kind of introduced us so you got ahead of the curve that's pretty cool
0: yeah yeah it was and um you know I immediately took to certain songs early on um I played sports my whole life and and I was a pitcher, uh, okay. even through college. And, uh, every time I would have a game, I had my uniform on and everything. And before I left the house, I put on Rosalita. Oh, nice. That, that was like my, you know, my, uh, motivational jumpstart song before yeah. I left the house. And, and, um, so, yeah, um, so, um, so early on, I mean, um, I actually, um, albert but my buddy bert and his brother mm-hmm. um and a couple other people had tickets to see springsteen in 1978 okay darkness tour and i begged my mom i wanted to go she wouldn't let me go
1: so nick kind of... set the stage Is this year 16 maybe i'm trying to do the uh, math in my head i was
0: uh I, well, I was just about turning seventeen. I was okay. still sixteen when that concert happened. At this happened. point,
1: Nick is going. I was assured there'd be no math on this podcast, but <laughs> yes, okay. So you're sixteen, seventeen, height of teenageness, right? Okay.
0: And uh, you know, I, you know, my my dad was a sergeant in the Marine Corps, and right. uh, being a sergeant in the Marine Corps and an Italian family, um, it was pretty strict in my household. Yeah. And, uh, so, uh, yeah, so unfortunately I didn't, um, I didn't make it and, uh, and graduated high school with a huge, huge, you know, Bruce fan. Um, and then, um, uh, between high school and college that summer, uh, mm-hmm. we actually went to, um, uh, Front Street in Philly okay. and this was before they built up all the bars. Now this was, this was 1979 and, and me, Bert, and Billy, our other a yeah. uh, very close friend, uh, we would go there and park and sit on top of the roof of our car, of Albert's car. And um, we'd be playing racing in the street because they'd be racing. This is like at midnight. Sure. And, um, and I, you know, racing in the street. Every time I hear that song, I just, you know, vision. You think back of that. Such a great, yeah, such a great time in my life, you know, yeah. uh, with close friends and, and um, experiencing that moment.
1: So, Nick, are you uh, – you grew up in the Philly area?
0: Yep, born and raised in South okay. Philly. Oh, very nice. Um, yep, so hence the uh, huge Eagles fan and – Yes. – using Flyers and so on.
1: Yes. Uh, um, on a quick side note, one of my best friends, uh, Gina, um, actually moved to Philly uh, to – she had met a guy. Uh, we, we, we all worked for the same company, and – He was a field technician. She worked in customer service and she kind of talked to him and he had visited Dallas and they had gone on a couple of dates and she'd gone to Philly and met a couple of dates. So she decided to move to uh, Philly and stayed there, gosh, seven or eight years and then moved back. And so – and she's proof that a mixed marriage can work. He is a diehard cowboy fan. He is a diehard – I mean, you know – you know, bleacher type Eagle fan. I mean, he, I have seen him at games where, I mean, you know, he's just, the Cowboys were blowing them away. And then when the Eagles scored late, he started cussing Eagles. Why are you bringing that crap now? And, and then just, I mean, he's just a total Philly. Right. And so uh, when they had their daughter uh, for um, the baby shower, I bought a Dallas Cowboy and a Philadelphia Eagle baby blanket and my mom sewed them so that when you flip it, one side's Cowboys, one side's, uh, Philly. Ah,
0: uh, nice.
1: And it was, um, and, and <laughs> the story of course is they kept waking up the baby cause they would go in and flip you know, <laughs> the side. Uh, cause you know, I said, uncle Jesse, you know, is, is not going to take sides. And, and, uh, so That's wonderful. That's great. That's funny. Yeah. Um, So, um, man, I I just love the idea, you know, because I'm a fairly new fan becoming obsessed. I love that this is, you know, Bruce has been the music of your life.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I went to uh, freshman year. I went to college and uh, then The River came out. Yeah. Yeah. It was an anticip. Oh, by the way, too, in yeah. uh, in high school, mm-hmm. um, my friend Bert, his brother Ralph, um, hooked us up with uh, bootleg um, uh, tapes. We had cassette tapes, bootlegs of Bruce Springsteen, and back then, like you never were able to get any type of live Bruce Springsteen music, and that's why today, yeah, I'm so appreciative of East Street Radio. Um, because, you know, such a, at your fingertips with these Street Radio and YouTube and everything at your yeah. fingertips, you can pull up any just about any live performance it, of Bruce Springsteen.
1: It really is a magical time. And and to have the um, you know, I love that on the Bruce Springsteen dot net, you know, they have all the last tour, sh- you know, shows you can download and then they're doing the different shows from different eras. And, and it's so much fun. I, I drove to Atlanta uh, over before Labor Day weekend. Dragon Con is this huge science fiction convention that I try to go to every year. And this year, instead of flying, I drove. So it's like a 13 or 14-hour drive. Oh, wow. um, so um, I listen to a, a podcast that i got to get these guys on. They're two friends that are in their 20s. They do Springtime for Springsteen. And they basically the premise is you 're stuck in a car with two friends who are not really Bruce Springsteen fans, but Bruce Springsteen is the only c d you have, and so they talk about it and they get everything wrong i mean they but there is so much joy, and like when they love a song, they just they love the song they went through um the new year 's Eve show. Uh, that was downloaded and went through each song talking about it 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 was a lot of fun but so it's getting pretty late at night and so i put on the melbourne show and that got me the last three hours got my drive i'm just popping the songs and i'm just playing it loud and you know just it is it is just a magical time that we get to hear all that
0: well this was this was the late 70s and and at the time as i mentioned i didn't i i i I had a chance to see Springsteen. I didn't because I wasn't allowed, but I was able to listen to uh, the Passaic, New Jersey, uh, the one in LA, the Ro- at the Roxy, Cleveland, yeah. uh, the San Francisco show. I think it was Winter Winterland or Winter Wonderland or something like that. And I was able to he- to really understand, uh, you know, how he was live and yeah. and what that meant and everything. And I was just so 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 excited to see him and when the river came out uh he set the tour dates and i did finally see him for the first time uh december 8th 1980 at the spectrum nice and i was with the spectrum in philly which mm-hmm. is which no longer exists they tore it down but yeah um and we'll talk about that a little bit later but uh mm-hmm. uh but yeah uh I, of course i went with bert and uh some friends and family and if you recognize the date of December eighth, nineteen eighty, it was the night that uh, John Lennon died. Wow! And um, and believe it or not, I I I could envision. I still have the ticket, by the way. I'll I'll, I'll email. I'll uh, take yeah. the ticket and send it to you. I still have Good. the ticket, and uh, I remember exactly where I was sitting. First level, we were sitting catty corner from where uh, Clarence Clemens was. Um, up in the, uh, not on the floor, but in the seats. Uh, but we were about maybe 20 rows up caddy corner. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I'll never forget when he first came on stage, man, it was tremendous. And as the show was going on, believe it or not. And this is the God's honest truth. I envisioned me being on stage with him entertaining Yeah. and being a part of it. And, you know, we'll talk later, but yeah, tw- you know, many years later, uh, it, it actually happened at that same place, you know, at this wow. picture. So, yeah. But, uh, but that was it, just an amazing show. That was an amazing show.
1: And, um, you know, he did not – I assume he did not get word about uh, John Lennon being shot or anything on the show, right? You didn't find out to afterwards.
0: No. He uh, – no, well, of course, you know, right back then, 1980, yeah. December 8th, 1980, no one had cell phones or nothing. Right. So uh, nobody knew in the place. Uh, yeah. People – my understanding mm-hmm. is that uh, some some of the people backstage knew of what had happened, yeah, and they did not tell Bruce until after the show. Sure. And you know, uh, folklore has it mm-hmm. that, and I remember when he did this uh, yeah. during the show, he sang point blank, right? And he was standing on the front of the stage, and it was really dark except it was one spotlight. I, I remember this right sure. on. So everybody was sort of dark on stage and he had the spotlight on him. If you of course you know the song point blank. And at the very, very end of the song, he says, Bang bang, baby, you're dead. Wow. And the folklore is that approximately when he sang that song is when Lennon got shot. Oh, it's chilling.
1: It's killing. Oh, <laughs> yeah. chilling.
0: So uh and after the concert, uh, we were heading to our car and mm. we noticed these girls crying. Yeah. And we were like, what the heck's going on? And we got in the car, and right away we turned it to 94 WISP, which is a radio station in Philly that always played Springsteen, um, had Ed Shockey, and, and was always pro-Springsteen. And we thought that we'd you know, turn it on right away and listen to more Springsteen music and talk about the concert. And we turned it on, and it was all Beatle music. We're like, what the heck's going on? And that's when we found out we were in the car. So You know,
1: I – um. I was working overnights at a company called Acme Truckline. I was a dispatcher, and um, I did not hear it on Monday Night Football or everything. It was, um, I think, late night news or something. I, I caught it. And uh, I remember just you know, the shock and the bizarreness of it. Um you know, and I remember I'll use this as a segue. I You're um you know, I graduated high school in seventy seven and I remember hearing about Elvis Presley's death and the sadness I felt um, you know, losing him because, you know, uh, my family were big Elvis fans. Um, you know, I love I had a good friend Mark who uh was crazy about Elvis he had all the CDs. Uh, well, back then they were eight-track tapes, right? Right. <laughs> um, you know, listening to a lot of the modern era. And, you know, in, in, you know, if there was an Elvis movie on, you went and saw it. You know, you watched it on TV. I can remember going to see Elvis movies at the movie theater. Um, so um, just amazing uh, loss. So uh, how about you? Where did you – So if anyone who knows you knows you love Bruce and you love Elvis. So talk to me. You've told us how you found um, Bruce. Tell us how you found Elvis.
0: Yeah, actually, um, I remember, I guess like any kid in that day, right, boy or girl, uh, there was just something special, you know, about Elvis, his charisma and everything. And I remember, um, you know, my family, my mom and dad both loved music. You know, my dad, especially, you know, we had a record player in the, in the living room mm-hmm. and we always played records just about every night. Uh, mostly it was all about Italian singers, you know, Frank Sinatra, Al Martino, oh yes, Dean Martin, you know, but, uh, but on Sunday mornings, uh, okay. my mom would get up very early, go to church and then come back and start making, we call it gravy, but sauce, right. spaghetti sauce. Right. And she would put on um, Elvis gospel music
1: so I'm going to stop you right there i I was in my forties, maybe I don't know it was adulthood, and it was the sopranos when they called it gravy and I had to go back then look it up in the internet what what the heck are they talking about and I did you know i you know um my dad was by the way, a sergeant in the army. And so we moved around a lot, but I was born in Louisiana. My mom was born in Louisiana and my grandparents owned a dairy farm. So I spent a lot of time in Louisiana and a lot of Southern cooking, not Cajun cooking specifically, but, you know, um, you know, liver and, liver and onions and fresh cornbread and biscuits and, you know, beans and, and, you know, a lot of smothered steaks and, pots of, you know, green beans and field peas and all this stuff. So, um, and, but my, yeah, my mom loved Elvis. I, though I do remember, um, my dad, not as a big Elvis fan, like wanted to go find a record so he could hear someone sing peace in the Valley, except GD Elvis. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah. So, okay. So your mom's playing Elvis, uh, gospel um, while she's uh, cooking the big um, Sunday dinner. Uh, gosh, I, I can smell the tomatoes. Oh yeah. And I can just hear the, you know, uh, J.D. Souther and the Stamps Quartet and Elvis singing. Uh, you you paint a very vivid picture, my friend.
0: Yeah, that that was a, that was a Sunday morning, and you're exactly right. I woke up to the smell of the of the, uh, the sauteed garlic and, uh, and the Elvis music. And, mm-hmm. um, and I just, you know, with that, uh, I really took a liking to Elvis. As a matter of fact, my first performance was, I think I was maybe eight years old. Uh, a friend of mine was a girl and she had a birthday party and, uh, and I don't know if she asked me or if I asked her to sing, mm-hmm. like, Um, we put the record on and and in front of all the kids there, um, I sang Flaming Star by Oh, nice. Yeah. And, uh, and that started my career, Jesse. There There you go.
1: (laughs) That is awesome. Um, so I had watched, uh, my son is now 26, but, um, when my wife was pregnant, when he, yeah, I guess when she, she was pregnant, we watched, um an Elvis, uh, 56, I think documentary and, um, and some other Elvis things. And I would sing to, um, her pregnant stomach, you know, treat me like a
0: fool.
1: (laughs) And so, um,
0: that was nice, man. Do that again. Thank
1: you. (laughs) So I, so I can remember this and, and I shared with this before we recorded, but, Chris was 10 or 11, and we went up. We were going to go to Kentucky, where my dad lives, for a family reunion. And we left Dallas, Texas, and we ended up getting to Memphis. And we said, Well, hey, we're here. We've got to tour Graceland. And, you know, he had really no interest in going. And oh my goodness, he became obsessed with Elvis. Hmm. he bought Elvis CDs he he wanted to marry um Lisa Marie so he could go upstairs you know the thing is Graceland you know Elvis never allowed anyone to go upstairs so right. when they tour Graceland you don't go upstairs and you know i tried to say chris it's probably just storage now <laughs> you know but in her his mind it's this magical Secret you know kingdom that he can't go to right um, if he ever became a millionaire that's what he would want to spend his money on first. I want to tour upstairs in Graceland um so uh, we listen to so much Elvis and um we still joke about that if if I'm in the car and it's serious radio um he will change it from East street channel to the Elvis channel, yeah, and you know I'm okay with that. Uh, you know I, I we can live with that. and um, it is just uh, you know there is I, till we get a Bruce Christmas CD, you know it's gonna be Elvis uh, at Christmas. So um, so your very first recording, your that you know your first performance. So uh, you kind of balanced your love of Elvis and Bruce
0: yeah yes absolutely um uh, so going forward i guess um uh, let me next by saying that um uh, if you wanna do a timeline as far as dates are concerned uh the same tour uh the river tour mm-hmm. bruce Bruce circled back and came back to philly yeah and, uh he continued the the uh river tour yeah and i s and the second time I saw him was july eighteenth nineteen eighty one okay at the Spectrum. And that was two days after Harry Chapman died.
1: Oh, so I was a big Harry Chapman fan, too. Yeah. So, yes. uh, So was I. And yes. uh,
0: he, so, uh, he I'm talked going
1: Hang that. on, Nick. So sure. at this point... Um, I am worried about Brian Wilson if you go see Bruce again because <laughs> Bruce – you know, Brian is my other obsession. I love the Beach Boys, so I'm a little worried because there's a bad trend here of you seeing <laughs> Bruce and musical icons being uh, – uh, losing their lives. Yeah,
0: well, I, I truly thought that early on for yeah. sure uh, the, for the first the first two uh, shows, and as a matter of fact, I the only tickets – i've kept and yeah. i i mean people ask me how many times have you seen bruce i I, tr- I don't know i mean
1: you've lost count you're one of those fans
0: put put it this way yeah. i've never missed a tour since the first time i saw him okay. 1980 and every tour that he went i've seen him multiple times so and I, and that I, is the yeah.
1: beauty of living on the east coast um you know i i I love living in Dallas and there's a lot of advantages of this, but I am jealous of, you know, people in Jersey, New York, Philly, you know, that, you know, you can see multiple times each tour and, uh, and that's just great. And I, you know, I would, I would, if I was there.
0: Yeah, no, no, no doubt. Yeah. Um, so uh, so over the years, um, okay, so actually then, as far as sort of, I guess, coinciding uh, the Bruce and, and the Elvis, yeah, if you will, um, in 1986, I think it was, okay, um, I got married, I, I bought a home. Uh, immediately my wife was pregnant, and I had my son, yes, um, and there was a local bar in Philly uh, that was having a talent contest. Mm-hmm. And the winner gets $500. All right. So I was talking to my next door neighbor at the time. He was a drummer. I said, yeah. uh, let's, you know, let's, I told him about it. I said, let's, let's, do you know any musicians? Let's put something together and let's mm-hmm. uh, enter. So he said, well, my brother plays bass guitar. And I was like, great. I said, as a matter of fact, I know a guitar player. So I got him and then he knew another guitar player. So it was two guitar players, a bass player, a drummer and myself and we got together down my basement we were all together and we're like okay what do we want to do and um I said I'll tell you what why don't we do an Elvis show and that's what we did we learned five songs we entered in the contest and this was the first time that I ever did it somewhat not professionally but out in a crowd really that did it and I rented this most obnoxious Elvis suit from a truck company okay (laughs) and uh and i think i even had a mustache then (laughs) okay and uh, and then we went to the bar and we won that night and we kept advancing you had to keep advancing and we made it to the finals and we called ourselves the king and company ah nice and uh we won the contest and i'll never forget it as we're packing up our equipment somebody came up to me and said, "Man, you guys are really good. Where are you playing at next?" And I just looked at him for a second and I'm like, "Well, we're not real we're not a band. We just got together for for this contest." I said, "Would you actually pay to see us play?" And they were like, "Yeah." And I was like, "Okay." So I grabbed everybody. I said, "Let's learn 40 songs." And I mimicked our show the way Springsteen did. Springsteen would always do two like he would always do two sets in a night. Right. And um, and that's the way I structured the show. And um, from 86, 87, the King and Company was born and we played throughout the Philly area and did. uh, And that was the first like Elvis tribute show that started out. Um, And um, I moved to uh, Maryland for a couple of years, uh, got some new band members, the King and Company, two as I called it. And then moved to um, Central PA, which is where I live now. And uh, when I moved here, I sort of decided it was just getting to be too much. I had two kids now. And um, I was literally about ready to stop when I get a phone call from a gentleman who got my name from somebody. Mm -hmm. And he said, hey, we're looking for a lead singer. It's a seven-piece band. We're looking for a lead singer. Um, And I was like, well what do you mean lead singer? He said, well, we want to do an Elvis show. That's how we got your name. But we also need a lead singer to do other music. And I said, oh, you mean like Springsteen? He's like, yeah. I said, I'm in. So throughout the nineties, I was with a band called the Fabulous Heartbreak Band. And, uh, we did all types of music. We, uh, we ended up playing on cruise ships, Uh, we opened up for the coasters, the drifters, the platters, the marvelettes, uh, that whole circuit. And we did the Elvis show. And then when we did dance music, we would do Springsteen and, and everything. And that's what really catapulted me to, to, um, to entertaining, but all along that ride starting, um, actually in the eighties, I kept telling people and mostly the heartbreak band. I said, one day, I'm going to sing with Bruce Springsteen in front of thousands of people. Yeah. And I've been and I've been saying that for over 20 years. And of course they laughed when I said that and everything and just shrugged it off, but I believed it. And um so, so-
2: yeah,
1: let's let's kind of talk about this cuz I already can tell I'm going to have to have you on another time cuz <laughs> I have so many questions about, like, the you know, the cruise ship and and you know, and playing and everything, but um, let's talk about um, you know, how you got on stage. Um, all of you should have seen it if you haven't. It's a very easy you google <laughs> Philly Elvis Springsteen, and the video will pop up. It was on the Springsteen documentary, so talk about. Kind of the experience. And also, you've shared with me a lot of things happened because of you being in the movie, right?
0: Well, yeah. Well, first okay. off, um, I, as I said before, you know, I just, it was just the top of my bucket list. You right. Know? I just wanted to perform with Springsteen. And honest to God, as I said before, I really did vision it um, mm-hmm. when I saw him for the very first time in 1980. Yeah. And uh, a couple times, now, I, have re- I had since been divorced, and then I, I'm, I was remarried. Okay. And my lovely wife, Dottie, who was in the movie. Yes. Um, she – we were going to a few shows. One of them was Hershey, and there was another show. I can't remember where it was, but in both instances, I said, I'm going to do it. I'm going to wear my Elvis suit. I'm going to go to the concert and hope that we're close enough. And he'll he'll ask me to come up on stage, and both times the Hershey show and I think it was the Philly show, I had the suit with me, and I backed out. I I'm not doing it. I said it's stupid. I'm not doing it. And my and Dottie was mad, you know. So the next time he was coming to the Spectrum in 2009,
2: mm-hmm. and,
0: this is, and he's going to be one of the last shows at the Spectrum before they tore it down. Right, second to the last show. And she said, all right, here's the deal. If you're going to bring your suit, promise me, promise me you're going to go through with it. And I said, I promise. So we went to Florida to visit my brother, and then we flew into Philly that Monday morning. We stayed at the hotel right at the sports complex there. And uh, we had tickets on the floor. And we had to go, as you know, for the uh, drawing. Right. You know, you have to go and you have to go early and give them your name, that type of thing, and get your wristbands. So we got our wristbands. We went back to the hotel. We were starving. So it was about 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and we're eating at the hotel, at the restaurant, and I look at her, and I said, I'm not doing it. it." (laughs) And she just looked at me and said, well, guess what? you promise this time there is no way you're backing out i'm like oh and at the same time actually the phillies were playing the dodgers at night this is october 19th 2009 they were in the playoffs and we initially had tickets for that but we didn't go because then then we found out about the springsteen you know we got tickets for the springsteen tour uh but my son was at the game okay yes so so um, I'm like, okay, okay, I'm feeling really stupid, but okay. So I put the suit on, we leave the hotel, we're walking to the spectrum because uh, we had to be there by like four, four 30 or quarter five for them to pick the drawing. And as I'm walking there, people were like, Hey, Elvis, man, cool. You know, like everybody's yeah. pretty into it. And it made me feel at ease, you know? Sure. So, so we get there and we had a sign. And this was the idea of my wife, Dottie. She said, let's put a sign together that says, can the king sing with the boss?
1: Nice.
0: So we had the sign. We're in line.
1: Okay, so I'm going to stop you there for a minute because okay. all I'm thinking of is I'm glad you stepped up because, oh, what names your fellow Eagle fans would call you <laughs> if you did, if you chickened out. And it I'm – I'm I'm thinking, you know, of a of a type of house cat, maybe. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that we should we're gonna exactly. keep this uh, uh, this podcast clean. But uh, so I'm so glad that your lovely bride said, "Step up, you know, in for a penny, in for a pound, go for it." Exactly. So, yep.
0: Exactly. I, mean, I would have backed out again. Oh, and I,
1: you know what? Been. I would have been right there with you. I can understand, yeah. like, okay, you know sometimes, you know, it isn't like when I go to a Doctor Who convention, you know, I put on my Doctor Who hockey jersey, you know, I'm with the group. I mean, not a lot of people dress up for a Springsteen concert. You know, someone asked, has anyone ever dressed up in a chicken costume? You know, play Atlantic City. I'm the chicken man. You know, and I'm like, it's just not. So all right, So you're being embraced by your fellow Bruce fans. They think it's cool. They're going way to go, King.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Elvis, so yeah. people wanted pictures with me. Yeah. Uh, we had to sign up. Can the King sing with the boss? We're in line now waiting for the drawing. Right. So they're ready for the drawing. And people are saying, let Elvis pick the drawing. Oh, and I was like, no freaking way. No yeah, way. Because if I get early,
1: they're going to think that I learned how to palm, <laughs> you know, yeah, right,
0: exactly. I, I didn't want any part of it. Yeah. You know? So so um uh, someone else did the drawing. And as it turns out, like all the stars had to be in line for this, mm-hmm. this yeah. magical moment. So somebody else picked the number. And sure enough, Dottie and I, we were like we were like number 98 and 99th person to walk into the spectrum. Okay. Yeah. So we walk in and we are like the, we are on the left side of, um. Uh, you know how there's the stage and then he has like a walkout, right. like, like a, like a, like a walkout stage. We were on the corner of that. We were, our hands were touching that. Okay. okay. That's how close we were. So we're there and we're waiting and waiting and people were just loving it, man. They, you know, we're, all right, man. Like, man, I hope you do it. Like they were really like, you know, I hope you do it. I hope you do it. And one guy's like, all right, man, I know you're going to get on stage. Don't embarrass us. You know, he was, uh, I was like, all right. And
1: I think this is amazing. And, and, and if I'm not true, I don't want to know, don't call me out listeners, but I, it seems to be the people in the pit and even the people in the audience There isn't a jealousy of, oh, my goodness, this person got to be on stage and I didn't. There is a joy that this person did this, you know, like the, the video of the, you know, Mother's Day, where she got on stage and they did say the last dance for me, which I just love that video. Right. There's no jealousy that she got up there and danced. I mean, a little jealousy, but not a negative, not a oh I can't believe this happened and why didn't it happen to me. It is
0: more how cool is that? So right. you're, you're, you're hitting it yeah right on the head, and and it goes even beyond just that moment. Yeah, even up to today, um, you know, just the Acceptance and uh, the excitement and just where this has gone. Right. Since then has been tremendous.
1: So Uh, all the people in the pit around you are like, if, if if there is a if there is a way to make their mental, you know, this happen by mentally wishing it. You have everyone around you, you know, mentally supporting you, physically supporting you, and so much. You know, positive energy. Even though you did get a little, hey, don't f it up. <laughs> right, exactly. But that just seems so appropriate for you know the Philadelphia area, right?
0: <laughs> exactly, it's tough love. So. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so so uh, so we were there, and that was the night that he, that was at the time when he was doing full albums, start to finish. And that night, he did the full Born to Run album. Okay, and it was I think it was right after the Born to Run album. He, uh, they started playing. I think, I think he did a little bit of raise your hands and yeah. then he stopped. And then they kept playing instrumentally. And then, and then here came the signs, and yeah. Bruce started pulling all the signs. So, he, Dottie had the sign, Can the King Sing with the Boss? And he grabbed it. And he, and then he was walking and grabbing other signs. Right. Then he came back and he gave Dottie back the sign and he said, I'll get back to you. Oh. <sighs> Nice, and we, and we looked nice. at it, we looked at each other like, "What does that mean?" Yes, okay. exactly. Okay, so so there was a gentleman that was standing behind uh, next to me. He actually had a sign that said, "Will you can you play uh, marry little girl want to marry you?" Yeah, because he was he was getting engaged to his girlfriend. Ooh. and and Bruce took that sign and he did play. I want to marry you. Yeah, and he proposed right next to us, and that was oh, really cool. That is know? cool. So right after that, and you can and this is where you can actually see it on YouTube because here's where it begins, where Bruce is standing there and he says, "All right." He goes, "Um, we're going to try it. We're graced by the king himself." And he said, "This is a great song by Otis Blackwell." And then he starts doing All Shook Up. Yes. So now he's doing it and the crowds, you know, the crowds into it, the camera guy is right in my mug. Yeah. So the big screens at the spectrum, I'm on the big screen. Oh,
1: awesome.
0: So now everybody can get a very good close look up, look at me. Right. And you can feel the buzz in the crowd. Like you can just feel the energy and everybody and everybody's having a great time. during Bruce, yeah. I'm dancing and singing in front of the camera. So I'm like mouthing it as everybody sees. Yeah. me. At the time, I remember thinking to myself, you know what? He's not going to call me up, but that's OK. Because it already has been one of the greatest nights of my life. Because prior to that moment, yeah, during the show, all the band members were joking with me, Clarence and yeah, and Steve Van Zan and and uh, who kept pointing at me across the stage because we were like in front of near Clarence yeah. and Niels Lofgren. Oh my God, Niels was joking with me all night. Um, it was just a, it was just a great. Already a great night. Yes. And, I, and I was accepting the fact that he wasn't going to call me up, but it was still it was fantastic.
1: Yeah, you're going, OK, don't be greedy. Right. You know, he, he told your lovely bride, I'll be back to you. You've had the band uh, joking with you. You've gotten all your fan, you know, all your fellow Bruce buds around there feeling your, you know, supporting you. You've been on the big screen dancing. He's done an Elvis cover. Um, you know, even gave roots, you know, gave credit to the original artist. And so this is, yeah, at this point you're going, okay, life's pretty good.
0: Right, exactly. And I've never been that close to a Springsteen concert. Yeah. I so everything was just so, you know, phenomenal. So all of a sudden <clears throat> I'm hearing like, okay, King, come on up. I, I was like, what? And-, and I looked and then, and then all I felt was people like, Picking me up because the stage was really high. Yes, I could tell that, and and they were picking me up. And I re, and this is the one. Uh, I don't remember too many things during that whole episode on stage. I sure. really found it so surreal. But the one thing I do remember, and when I see it on video, I, I just like look at it and shake my head a little bit because I remember as I was trying to get up on stage, I see this hand in front of my face, and I look up, and it's Bruce putting his hand out to help me get on stage. And I remember saying to myself, don't touch his hand. I can do it myself. Yeah. I don't know why. I think it was out of respect. Yes. Like I didn't want to touch him. You know what I mean? It was was that type of thing. So this is crazy. I don't know what's going to happen. So I stand up on stage. I'm like literally right in front of him. And he hands me the mic. And the band's playing. And I'm like, okay, this is it. yes. So I start singing, all shook up. Yes. <laughs> and and I turn around and not knowing, not seeing anybody on stage. Yeah. So I'm focused now on the crowd. Right. But it was after the fact that I saw the video that I, then things really started p- coming together. All the pieces of the puzzle. Yeah. Piece, once I saw the video, but he, I grabbed the mic and now I'm singing. And, and just, it was just, an amazing moment the crowd's going crazy i'm right. this. i'm here i'm at the spectrum where i first saw him many years ago and here i am standing at the same place with bruce yes. it was just an amazing moment and as i'm singing i remember as i kept going that the excitement whatever but i think i was standing in front of clarence then and all i heard was like max's drum yeah and something else in my ear, because I guess all the band members had earpieces for right. their for their, you know, uh monitors. Yeah. So I felt myself starting to sing off key. Because yeah. I couldn't it was sure. just everything going on and I couldn't pick it up.
1: I will tell you, um I have not sung professionally, you know, I, I've only sung, you know, in choir and, you know, different things. But um I've, I have a lot of friends who are and it said, you know, you can't heal yourself. And so the monitors really do help you kind of keep going. And so, you know, there's all that noise and you're just with no monitor or anything I can imagine.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've I performed for years. You need monitors. You yeah, know? absolutely. And, and, and um, so I remember <laughs> saying to myself, Oh, I got to do something here because um, I, I need to pick this up. Oh, by the way, too, when you see in the video when I dropped to my knee, yeah, I pulled my hamstring and I kicked out my leg. But when I kicked out my leg, it looked like it was an Elvis move, yeah, but it, it was really because I my I felt my hamstring pulling. Right. So I stand up and then I'm saying to myself, "I gotta, I gotta do something here." So I looked at Bruce and that's why I went, "Hit it, Bruce." and then he started doing the guitar solo. Yeah. And then at this point I'm saying, "Okay, now where do we go?" Right. There is no guitar solo and all shook up. Yes. So I said, "I'll change the song." So I look at Max and Max, like he's drumming, he's got a smile on his face, and then when he looked at me, and this is all musicians know, you know, they're following the singer, they yeah. pick up cues, and Max knew right away that I was about to do something. Right. So I backed up a little bit near Max and I raised my arm and then right at the end of his solo, I just went into blue suede shoes. Right. And the band didn't miss a beat. It, they, were, they were right with me.
1: There is it, it is amazing. And and I I'm gonna tell you right now, I'm you know, I am a gushing fanboy of the E Street band. You know, when you see the signs they pick up, and, you know, the example I give all the time is, you know, Jolie Blanc, they had not planned it, they had not toured it, they were there in Melbourne. And, you know, and, you know, they Susie does a violin uh, solo and the accordion. I mean, just this, you're like, how can they do that? So, you know, here's a perfect example, right? You're doing blue suede shoes and they switch immediately
0: and you're rolling. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. And then, I remember the one other thing that I do remember clearly yeah. is as I'm singing it in the corner of my eye I see yeah. Bruce coming to me and I remember saying to myself as I'm singing looking yeah. at the crowd saying uh oh Nick I think you're done. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and and Bruce comes up and, and and I say and I say take it home Bruce I give him the mic and yeah. he says Elvis has left the building. Yes. So I, I give my bows, you know, yeah. I bow to the crowd, I bow to the E Street band. And when I jumped off stage, this was the point you made earlier people just mobbed me. Yes. And I couldn't find Dottie. Yeah. And it was like the Rocky movie when, you know, Rocky's like looking yeah. for Adrian, you know, I'm yeah. like looking. Dottie. Me. Yeah. Uh, Dottie. And then I finally get to her and we hug. And it's just like, yeah. oh my God, you know, the dream came true, you know? Yes. And then I look up, and then he's at the point where he says, the Philly Elvis, the Philly Elvis. And then he says, I have no idea where the F.E. came from. Yes, I love that. (laughs) And I think he says that to show everybody that this was not planned. Yes, I think so, too. You know? So, okay, so so real quick, and so – so, we're there the rest of the show, and it was just amazing, and the yes. show's over and it took forever for us to get out of there because so many people wanted pictures oh, people from, from- I
1: imagine you i i'm I have said this many times, and I will say it many times uh with all um with all respects to Disney, the happiest place on earth is a Bruce Springsteen concert, no doubt and so you're already feeling higher than a kite and then you've performed so you have you know that um, adrenaline rush you have after a show oh, you know yeah. i do that when i do a panel at a comic convention you know there's this rush after you and so you've got a double rush you not only you've seen bruce which is great in itself not only has he acknowledged you, but you've been on the stage and actually got to sing a couple of Elvis songs and he calls you out the Philly Elvis. So, you know, at this point you're going pretty good little night.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, 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 listen to this then. Then yeah. and then it just gets then it get then it completes. Okay. Oh, by the, by the way too, during as I get on stage, my son who I told you was at the Phillies game, yeah, was texting my wife, Dottie, and mm-hmm. says, did my dad get on stage yet? Ha ha. Yeah. <laughs> and she goes, he's up there right now. And he's texting back, no way. Yeah, he's- no effing way, right? Yeah, it's like. Exactly. Well, he's at the game. He stands up at the game. And from the top of his lung yells, my dad's on stage with Bruce Springsteen. My dad's on stage with Bruce Springsteen. He just couldn't believe it. So, so we're like huge Philly fans, right? So we, we finally get out of the spectrum. We're running to our hotel so we can catch the end of the game, yeah. the Phillies game. So we get to the hotel. We're like on the top floor. We get to our room. We open up the, the Shades. Uh, the, the the drapes, and right out of our window is the view of Citizens Bank Park, the open end, so we can actually see inside the park and hear the crowd from our stadium. It's the ninth inning. J-Roll is up. We put the game on TV. We can actually hear the crowd through the window. You mm-hmm. got the game on. J-Roll hits the game-winning hit in the bottom of the ninth. Nice. Today's win. They're doing fireworks out of our window. It was like – it was just like we looked at each other like this was just an unbelievable, amazing night. So the next morning, my phone rings. It was like 8 o'clock in the morning. I'm like sore, tired, no voice, and it was my buddy, and he wakes me up the next morning, and I answer the phone, and the first thing he says is, all he says is, what the hell did you do last night? I'm like, who is this, Bill? He's like, yeah. He goes, they're talking about you on the radio, and you're on YouTube. And I was like, "What's going on?" And here, ninety four WYSP, people were calling in saying that I was a plant. That that Bruce, Vic, that Bruce, it was cool that Bruce had Elvis. Like they planned it. Mm-hmm. And then I called the radio station. And I said, "Listen, I, you know, I'm I'm hearing uh, what's going on." I said, "I introduced myself, and I said I could tell you it wasn't a plant." Yeah. So they had me on, and I talked for like an hour there uh, about all what had happened, and um, and that just started it. And from that point, um, it you know, has just been amazing. Uh, the movie came out, Springsteen and I. We got filmed yeah. in South Philly. Uh, we were eating our favorite cheesesteaks, uh, Yes, Luke's cheesesteaks, um, and um, they had the premiere in New York. Uh, we took a limo uh to see the premiere we were invited to the premiere we met the director and the producer um actually um uh, and, and I guess I'm trying to hurry because I know we don't have much time but but That's there's okay. there's just so much that has happened because we 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 got filmed in South Philly and then we handed in our our segment
1: so I want to ask you about that. And yeah, we, we, we can go a little bit long and then we'll kind of do some other stuff unless you need to get going. No, I'm, um, good. I'm good. So, um, so you, um, you had a friend or someone record the conversation on the bench while you guys are eating your cheesesteaks. And, and it is uh, – it's very clear that you know she's in love with you and she's so proud of you. You know, I, I think it's a great segment. Um, and, and I love the whole film anyway. But so, um, so you're, was this, were you like any other fan just submitting your stuff and hoping you'd make it? Or had they reached out to you saying, hey, this is a great story. We think we should, we want to have this?
0: You know, the first time I ever heard about the movie was my son. Yeah. He emailed me and said, Dad, he said, take a look at this. I think this, is, you know, it's perfect yeah and then I saw what they were doing mm-hmm. um what the movie was going to be all about, so um I met this guy who just for the Springsteen and I movie, we went in South philly, uh-huh and uh yeah, and, and videotaped us, and um he uh he put it together, and then when we send it in, they immediately responded the producer. And said, "Man, this is exactly what we're looking for." Awesome, and um, and that's how it started. And uh, they they kept emailing me, asking me questions, asking me questions. Um, and then we didn't know; I didn't hear anything, and we just didn't know because we knew that the you know they already scheduled the date as to when they were going to air the movie, right? And it was coming to that date. I think it well it was. May Mm -hmm. I think it was the Mm -hmm. first first week of June that I found out and I found out because um, I went for a jog on a Monday it was a Monday it was the first Monday in was it May or June I think it was May it was May first Monday in May of that year um, and I haven't heard anything yet from them and um, I ended up going for a jog and long story short I basically had a mini stroke Oh, okay. And I went to the hospital and I was there overnight. And it wasn't until the next day with my iPad as I was checking out. And it was a, a scary two days. Oh, and sure. I, I can imagine. And I wasn't, uh, you know, my head wasn't, you know, a lot of thoughts then come into your, to your head. And right before I was checking out, I see this email that I made the movie. Oh, cool. And they said, you not only made the movie, but we put you in the coming attractions that they released and they said, we're sorry that we, we, we waited so late, but here's what happened. And I don't know how much I could share with you. I'm going to be real careful. Okay. Sure. But I almost didn't get in the movie because there was a, um, there was a, I don't want to say this. Um, there was an there was an enterprise. There was a company, an organization. Elvis enterprise. Yeah, I guess I could say it. Elvis Presley Enterprises mm-hmm. that said you cannot put him in the movie because one of his resemblance of what I wore, yeah, and two of the songs I sang, unless we're compensated. And, <sighs> what a, and I know, and, jerk. I, and I and I and I'm and I'm and that's why I so, yeah. um. So they went around and around and around and around, and, um, and they then, because of what was being asked and everything of of uh, what they were asking for, finally people said, "Look, we then we're just not going to have him in the movie, and they've got to have him in there." And then they all agreed and they came to terms. And that's why they um, once they released the coming attractions, like the movie was right after. They actually delayed them. They they delayed everything because they were fighting about that. Um, so I really really appreciated that. Uh, it was somewhat shared in the email, and then, you know, when I was there at the uh, premiere was when you know I had some conversations. But uh, I was so so happy. Uh, it just turned out great. It was a great premiere. I met people within the movie uh like Lisa Purcell, uh just a wonderful person and and um other people within the movie. Um Teresa Martin and her son, um uh, they were at the premiere as well. Mm-hmm. And then after the movie, um they had a panel. Jim Ratola was there for Me Street Radio. Yeah. And uh they had a panel and uh, actually uh, Rolling Stone magazine was actually vi- videoing it. They were streaming it. And the director was there uh, from England. And, uh, they asked me to be part of the panel. There was like six of us.
1: Nice.
0: Yeah. I was asking the questions was after the movie shown Mm -hmm. and they had a Q and a with the crowd. And, uh, the very first question directed towards the panel was towards me. Mm -hmm. And the question was, uh, we see that you were eating a cheesesteak in the movie. What was your favorite cheesesteak? Ah, nice. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, I told him Tony and, uh, so anyway, um, you know, just, you know, because of all that, I just can't begin to say I've met just wonderful, wonderful people within East Street Nation like yourself. You know, I yeah. mean, here we are, uh, you know, had the privilege of of um, entertaining in Jersey with some terrific, terrific musicians. Yeah. Uh, uh, Vinny Mad Dog Lopez, you know, met him a few times. Oh, nice. I uh, just recently uh, performed. Uh, at the 40th uh, anniversary of the Born to Run. Yeah. And it was actually also to raise money and awareness for uh, heroin addiction, which is Running Rampant. Oh, wow. Okay. And that was in uh, Hershey a few – I guess it was last month. Yeah. And uh, Max Weinberg opened up the night with the band and did some songs and happened to – had the opportunity to uh, meet with Max backstage after he was done because I was going on stage like pretty much next. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. with the band and i uh, had, a, had a real nice conversation with max and it was funny because um you know all these years it's been six years now believe it or not that mm-hmm. i said to max i said well first off i said max remember me and he looks at me and goes yeah man and he goes you were on stage with us at the spectrum in philly you know and we were laughing and we were talking and i said look i have to ask you i said this has truly been on my mind i said i really don't know i you know i never really heard feedback from anybody within the band and especially bruce you know yeah. did did you guys did, did you think it was okay or did bruce be like man what a you know complete yeah. guy came you know what i mean like i don't know what they were thinking yeah. he's like oh my god he thought it was great he said we loved it i mean it was just some some really great feedback and that was that was pretty awesome
1: you know um you talking about the people thinking it's a plant you know um uh, a few years ago, Kristen Chenowick had uh, a voice teacher, Sarah Horn, on stage, and they did For Good. And it was amazing. And everyone said, oh, it's a plant because she's too good and, you know, and it's too perfect. And, you know, um, Sarah Horn did a blog, says this is absolutely not a plant. I just, you know, this this kind of lightning in a bottle. And it's the same thing, you know. And um, I think what was perfect is... You didn't overstay your welcome, if I can put it that way. You know, it's um, there's a video of two brothers at the Houston show doing No Surrender. Yes, and and, you know, awesome. and and yeah, I mean, there's just just joy in there, and and I do think that you know the same thing. They didn't overstay their welcome. They went there, and then you know when it was time to get off, they did. And you know, I think you like when you said. You know, you got the feeling, okay, I, I've had my moment in the sun. I, I have you know, I've made a very, very big wish. It's come true. I'm gonna get while the getting's good because, you know, I don't want to I don't want to make this unpleasant for anyone. Um and that so that's wonderful, all the good things that have happened and that they remember you and they think of you, you know, with such affection.
0: Yeah, well it uh yeah, it's just been um, you know as I said I, I can't even you know say enough of, uh, yeah. of all the people I've met and because of the movie of just
1: yeah
0: you know the relationships I have built I guess mm-hmm. from around the world yeah you know um, from from many many countries and because of that mm-hmm. um, I'm actually was asked to perform um, and I'm going to the last weekend of January. Um, Dottie and I were headed off to England. Oh, and, how awesome. Uh, yep. They're actually doing uh, a huge weekend at the Hind Hotel mm-hmm. in Wellingborough, England. Uh, they're doing a Bruce Springsteen weekend and it's going nice. to be a celebration of, uh, Springsteen music. Uh, they did get the okay where all proceeds is actually going to the light of day foundation. Oh, wow. And, uh, there's going to be some Springsteen, um, uh, tribute bands playing Mm -hmm. uh, Friday night and Saturday night and uh, Saturday night. I'm going to open up for one of the Springsteen tribute bands. I'm going to be doing a show. When is that happening? Uh, That's the last weekend of January. Um, I forget the exact dates. All right. So
1: here's the plan. Let's have you um, later this year, maybe uh, November, December before you're going, we'll have you on again. We'll talk some more music and some more Elvis stories and and Bruce stories, because we didn't get to talk about him doing Bernie Love in Nashville and, and, you know, the influence, how much Bruce loves Elvis and how he recognizes him. So I want to talk about that more. And then after the gig, I want to have you on and talk about the experience. So does that work?
0: Yeah, no, absolutely, okay.
1: man. I, I appreciate okay. it. Yeah, I know, I just you've been a great guest and, and I, I think I've just scratched the surface of the stories we could tell. <laughs> um and you know, I it's just you know, the whole purpose of this podcast is really just to do this. It's an excuse for me to get to talk to Bruce fans and kind of have them show the stories and hopefully people listening enjoy it as well.
0: So well, this- Yep, yeah, Jesse, I, I really appreciate it. Yeah, and uh, and again, man, I mean, this has just been so much fun. Oh, and, good. Uh, some just met uh, again some of the nicest, nicest people that I am uh, proud to call my my friends. Yes. Um, and um, you know, it's just it's just a great uh, <laughs> it's just a great great situation, and I'm looking forward to going to England and yeah. meeting. People who I've talked to through social media these last few years, I've now mm-hmm. actually got a chance to meet them mm-hmm. in England. And, oh, uh, that's awesome. And looking forward to it. So, but thanks, Jesse, man. I all right. It.
1: So hang on just a minute. Uh, let's say – and if you want to be on the podcast and talk about Bruce and all that implies, please send an email to setlustingbruce at gmail.com. Nick, if they want to reach you, how can they find you?
0: Um, oh, thank you for that. Um, actually, I'm on Twitter at Philly Elvis. Um, uh, and you can go to, uh, www.thephillyelvis.com. And that will actually take you to my fan page on Facebook, which is, uh, Facebook backslash the Philly Elvis. Awesome. So, and, um, just tons of information are there. Uh, I have plenty of videos on YouTube and, and, um, so, but yeah, and I'm more than happy to, um, uh, you know, to talk to anyone and, And uh, so reach out to me, man. I appreciate it. Come see the show.
1: Absolutely. So we're going to finish up with how many men fail their dreams denied. They walk through the streets with death in their eyes. Now the man on the radio says Elvis Presley's died. Come on. Come on. Let's go tonight.
0: Nice. I like it. Thank
1: you, guys. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Doing a podcast at times can be a one-way conversation, and I hate that. So please let me know what you like and don't like about the work I'm doing. You can reach the podcast via email at setlessingbruce at gmail.com. The show is on Twitter at setlessingbruce, and my personal Twitter is at jessejacksondfw. We have a website, www.setlessingbruce.com. From there, you can find links to other Springsteen podcasts as well as other music-themed podcasts. We have a page devoted to our own SLB All-Star Band. These are guests who have been on the podcast more than three times. There is a link to our store where you can purchase Set Brew Brew shirts as well as a Mary Question t-shirt. There is a link to our Patreon page where you can sign up to help support the podcast financially. We have different levels and different rewards based on your support. If you don't have any extra cash and right now, who does, you can support the podcast by subscribing via your favorite podcast player and leaving us a review. The more reviews we have, the easier it is for people to find us. And please tell a friend about the podcast, especially if they love Bruce or music, because it will make a difference. You just heard the fun talk hard-rockin', music-loving, album-ranking, fan-thinking, joy-spreading, lyric-reading, story-sharing podcast that is the one, the only, Set Listing Bruce. The theme for Set Listing Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission.